Mike Larry. <coughs> no, easy. Mike Larry. Who's there? Uh, Mike Larry. Well, how do I know it's Mike Lowry? Cause I'm Mike Lowry. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Just checking my recording and it seems to be working. Yay! Look at that. Nearly 200 episodes in, we're a slick operation. Science, I think they say. Science, yeah. And Greg, we're kicking off a new mini-series, which I haven't, we haven't even announced on the socials because work's been fucking insane this yeah, week. Yeah, you're getting, you're getting the old butt-fisting, as they say. I'm getting it from, from both ends, the old endoscopy and colonoscopy. Oh, yeah, the double tubing. The old spit roast. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting it from all angles. Oh, that's hectic, man. Uh, but the theme for November is no theme November. Nice. So there is no theme, right, Greg? There's, we're doing bad boys and we're doing, I forget what else, Under Siege. Under Siege, bad boys. Oh, and the game. The game. Exciting. Very exciting. Whilst we track down our next JCVD flick. Yeah. Yeah, we we are overdue. We know there are a handful of listeners that really do like the JC episodes. We like doing them too, um, but they are by no means our most popular episodes. But we will commit. We're committed. We are. Uh, we love JC. Yes. Yeah. They do. We do see a, a sharp inverted spike. In saying that, Time Cop, Time Cap, it's never enough damn, uh, just crept into our top 10 of all time downloads. So, Well, that's his biggest box office movie ever. That's true. I guess that checks out. His biggest movie ever is the biggest. For us, of his, yeah. That is, me, there is, there is something interesting in that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah. I would have thought Bloodsport or, you know, Kickboxer. Yeah, or even Street Fighter. Yeah, Kickboxer. Bloodsport we did so damn early too. We had no idea what we were doing. I kind of want to redo it. We totally can for our 200th anniversary or something. Yeah, yeah, Bloodsport yeah. Bloodsport redux. Redux, yeah, redux. Exactly, exactly. It's, that, it's right there. Genius. But for today, as you have said, and people probably read when they clicked on the on the button to press play, <laughs> we're doing Bad Boys today. Yeah. What's the first song that comes into your head when you think of the Bad Boys movie? Well, ironically, I think of the other one now. Yeah. Shy Guy? The We Ate. Oh, do you? Because of the new one. They used that in the new trailer. Yeah. But of course, I know, I know where you're getting at, Greg. Of course. You're thinking of uh, what you want, what you want to do. Well, that was a trick question because I think of Shy Guy. Anyway, we can talk more about that later. But oh, really? Wait. <laughs> Shy Guy. What's kind of guy? Yeah, that's what yeah. Mercy, mercy, mercy. But you know what we are going to talk about for 1995, our member Berry, is on music. Oh, yeah. So 1995. Uh, last week we had a 1995 episode of The Simpsons and we talked about candy for Halloween. Yeah. And Bad Boys has some music in it, so we're going to look at some music for the year. We're talking top tens and we're talking top tens from three countries. Nice. Uh our home homeland of Australia, yep. the US and the UK. Mm. And it's just interesting to see what are the consistent uh, songs that performed across all three markets and where do the nuances lie? This is beautiful. I'm doing a, I'm literally doing this at work right now. I'm doing like audience research globally and doing the exact same thing. Where, where's the shared values and where are the cultural nuances, Greg? Oh. So this is very on theme. And, and, you know, some of them you which wouldn't pick. Oh, really? So Gangster's Paradise was number one in two markets. Yeah. You could probably guess what those two were. Australia. Australia and... And US. Correct. Ding! And the number one song in the UK didn't make the top ten in the other two markets. That happens. It was Think Twice by Celine Dion. 
Oh, wait, that was number one in the UK. Usually that happens to UK artists. Like Robbie Williams never really broke out of the UK. Yeah. Well, he was big in Australia, big but he in wasn't Australia. in the US. Yeah, it's interesting. I thought they would have liked him in the US. Yeah. I feel like they missed out there. Like, you know, some good some good ballads. Yeah. Now, it's it's interesting. So Gangster's Paradise, number one in Australia and US. Number, it uh, came in at number five for the year in the UK, beaten by two songs, not one, but two songs by the Out There Brothers. Do you remember Boom, Boom, Boom? Oh, Boom, Boom, Boom. Let me I had to see this single. That was a great song. Yeah. Look out below. I'm going to have a fun time trying to edit that into the actual song. But they had another song called Don't Stop Wiggle Wiggle. Which one was that? I don't remember. Back in the don't stop. What? Don't stop wiggle. I don't know. Uh, they had Cotton Eye Joe. Oh, man. Don't start. <laughs> I don't want to get that in my head. They had, they had all kinds of shit. I also put in the number 19 song from each market. Okay. Because I feel like that <laughs> like this. should tap into a little, something a little bit, I, I hope that it would be a little bit more local. Ah, nice. Yeah, nicely done. So from the UK, it's a song called Perez, Prez Prado and his orchestra singing Gauglione. Do you know the song? I don't know. You'll have to sing it. I don't know. I'm going to have to Google it. We, we, Anyway, that's a song from the fifties. Uh, you'd know it if you heard it. It's a it's a sort of anyway, it's like a right. The USA had Total Eclipse of the Heart. Oh yeah, good song by the Dan Band, <laughs> of course. <laughs> the definitive version. I love that. Um, by Nicky French, of course. And Australia had uh, a couple of guys from Newcastle singing Tomorrow. Love Silver Chair. It's 12 o'clock and it's a wonderful day. I know you hate me, but I'll ask anyway. I thought that would have been higher for the year. Yeah. They had a big moment. I mean, that was, I think that was their only US moment. Was it? I'm sure they still had their fans, but mm. in terms of mainstream big time, huge in Australia. Huge. Uh, huge. TLC, uh, Mariah Carey and Boyz II oh, Men. TLC. Were, I was obsessed with all three of those. Yeah, they were, They dominated the US that year. We had a more mixed bag of Entrance, Staying Alive, Another Night by MC Saar and The Real McCoy. Oh, this was early techno. Like we were yeah. like, have you heard this new thing called techno? Yeah, there would always be like the uns, 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 a little rap and then like a, a hook that was a sample from something usually. Yeah, like Mr. Yeah. Vane. Here's Johnny. Mr. Vane was good. That's fuck those songs, man. <laughs> what a time capsule. Right? I love when member berries are songs. I love yeah. it. Yeah. My favourite. I was I, I, I was a broad gamut there, but I thought it was interesting just to – Talk to the nuances across uh, our countries. Australia kind of sits in the middle of the US and the UK, which we kind of knew already, but that's sort of reflected in yeah, those we get a bit of both. three lists. We've got a bit of Take That and we've also got a bit of Coolio, R.I.P. We get a bit of a random mix though, right? Because sometimes yes. I'm shocked that there's some things we didn't get, like Martin Lawrence, which we'll be talking about a lot of this episode, but we never uh, got the Martin show. Maybe we have it now. But like we didn't have that context of him being – Good. Yeah. But, uh, and songs, song wise. So, songs that didn't come out. Well, TLC was here because I had that album. Yeah, TLC was huge. I had, I'd, I'd taped that off someone. Oh, they're playing today in Sydney. Actually, I should have mentioned this. I got a random last minute. What, TLC? TLC, Shaggy. Oh, uh, Drew Hill. He, they're yeah, all performing yeah. today out at, um, out at Homebush in like um, R&B Fridays. That's fucking mad. That would I still be a love lull. That would well. be Actually, a real lull. I put on the old Drew Hill, went to the Drew the other week, month, a while ago now, let's be honest. But it was, you know, relatively recently. I listened to the whole thing. I have nostalgia for it. It's really? not great. But there is, there is greatness in there. Yeah, I'll leave it with you. I, I remember I bought that album, Enter the Drew. Yeah. And I listened to it once and was like, oh, I really, really, really don't like this. I think I just stuck 
stuck with it based on not having many other CDs. Did you take that? Did <laughs> I will, you take that I will CD learn to, to like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your wife for a dragon. <laughs> for your dragon? <laughs> yeah, I don't have a dragon. I've that on but your I have shoulder. a snake. It's a snake. Is it a snake? Dra- a real dragon looking snake. It's a pretty dragony snake. It's a dragon with no legs, I guess. <laughs> Wingless dragon. I don't know. I don't really see it. It's on my back. Well, maybe a snake is just a dragon without wings. <laughs> it's true. It really makes you think. That sounds like a Pixar movie, yeah. It could be. Hey, it was a big year for music, big year for TLC, big year for Mr. Vane and many others. <laughs> big year for movies too. And was it? <laughs> and Greg, I'm, I'm going to go back to something we did in like our first early episodes until I realised it wasn't a sustainable thing. But but we've done this year so often that I do want to quiz you a little bit. What can you? Let's see how many you can hit in the top ten uh. as far as uh, box office goes. Now there are two movies that came out in the same year this year that sounds not quite right. That's a clue. Uh, Twister and Jumanji. <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> Toy Story and Pocahontas. Yes. Heat. Yes. Yes, number 15 was Heat. 1995, 1995. Die Hard 3? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good job. 7? Yeah. Oh, also Jumanji, Jumanji was there too, Yay. by the way. You said Jumanji before. Not Sorry, I didn't clock that. Yeah, not, not Twister, no. I mean, this is already pretty great. If you get no more, this is already. Toy Story was number one, wasn't it? Number two. Oh. Die Hard 3 was number one. Oh, so I've got I got one and two. Well, you were very helpful with it. Yeah. And what was Pocahontas? Pocahontas was number four. So there's number three that you haven't gotten. Number three movie of nine, That we've done and number five we've done. Number five was our first ever episode. The Matrix? <laughs> no, official episode. What was our Not first the first official tapes. episode? I don't even remember. Batman Forever. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a long time ago. I know. I kind of want to take them off the internet. <laughs> yeah, we could. We could. Hey, I'll just tell you because we, we yeah, need we to keep, keep moving. <laughs> this segment is, is it can't be the whole pod. Um, great idea, Tristan. Number three was Goldeneye. Hey, uh, but you know what came in at number 22? Uh, bad Boys? Yeah, Bad Boys. I would have I would have pegged Bad Boys to be a top ten movie of '95. Me too. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. I thought I was like, oh, "Am I looking at the wrong year?" Because I I look up other 1995 movies we've done for the notes. And I just copy and paste for the top ten, and I'm like, "Oh no, this must be the wrong year because Bad Boys isn't in there." But not even top twenty. It's twenty two. So there, there's a bit to unpack there, which I think we'll 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 do in various stages throughout the episode. But uh, it came out in April 1995. Budget. Of only nineteen million dollars, that's fucking tiny, man. Even for mid nineties, yeah, you know, it's it's not it's not huge. It's 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 we could, we could, we'll talk about that more because it's it's not what I thought. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah. long on so many things in this film. It's interesting. Same and yeah, box office gross one hundred forty one point four million. So again, great Romy, but in terms of like total volume, it's uh, you know it's it's underwater world for fuck's sake. Yeah, crazy, right? All right, Rotten Tomatoes. This was another. This was another unexpected thing. Critics score on Rotten Tomatoes forty two percent, audience score seventy eight percent. It is one of the movies where I thought audience score would be higher than critics score, but I didn't. I wasn't expecting that much of a gap. Mm, interesting. Critical consensus reads as follows: Bad Boy stars Will Smith and Martin Lawrence have enjoyable chemistry. Unfortunately, director Michael Bay too often drowns it out with set pieces and explosions in place of an actual story. It's a little sassy, isn't it? Bit sassy. It's a bit sassy. Take it easy, mate. Yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah. What do you want? Um, for context, for context, Bad Boys Two made basically double with the box office, two hundred seventy-three million. But it also had a budget that was like a lot. Also had Gabriel Union. God damn, sure did. But this had Taylor Leone. 
and that delightful Teresa Randall. Yeah. Was this a big movie for you, Greg? Yes, it was huge. Yeah. We, I, we were a big Fresh Prince house. I watched Fresh Prince every day. I, that big was, time. That was a big – I felt like I was part of that family. It was a huge Although show, I did man. want to date the daughter I was in love with, the, Ashley. Oh, Ashley. Yeah. The other daughter. Hillary, the older one. Yeah, Hillary's a babe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah, that was this was um, this was a big moment um, for a number of reasons, but primarily because it had Will Smith in a in a big action movie, and I loved action movies, yeah. and I loved Will Smith, and yeah. Have, t- have I told you this? Have I, have I told you the story probably about how my dad was like, yeah, he's going to be he's going to be a, a big star back when I used to watch. Fresh Prince. Oh, really? I think he sat and watched it with me once and he was like, that kid's, that kid's going places. Interesting. Uh, so he was a- uh, Your dad would have been a fine podcaster in his day. Wouldn't he just? Um, <laughs> he did talk shit for a living. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, so big, big, big movie in the house. I don't have too many other details on, on it though. How about you? You remember watching it? Yeah, well, I mean, you remembered better than I did. I kind of forgot that this was so close. Well, this overlapped with Fresh Prince. This was, this wasn't his first movie, but it was one of like he'd done Six Degrees of Separation or whatever. But this was the first movie movie. Yeah, I just, I don't know. In hindsight, I just kind of assumed if I had to, without reading, if I had to just come up with the chronology, I, I just would have thought maybe Independence Day was first. Well, I don't know. Yeah, Carol, we we watched this. Uh, I watched it with my wife of the show, Carol, and uh, yeah, she thought the same. She's like, "No, no, this was after Independence." I was like, "Oh, yeah, but it ain't. This is fresh, man." Which which just makes it all the more sweeter. Taylor was a big deal for me at the time as well. Uh, yeah. um, pretty much as big of a deal as Will Smith for very different reasons. Mm. Um, Teresa Randall as well. I mean, but uh, between the three of those, Bish Bash Bosh, big movie, basically. Um, the, the, I guess the only other little personal anecdote was. For the longest time I wanted to before we had Seymour and we were like planning to get a dog, I had this this pipe dream of of uh calling my dog Mike Lowry. Mm. Mm. So that when I'm at the park and I'm trying to call him over, I'll be like Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. I just like the idea of yelling Mike Lowry. Because mm. that line is is sticks with sticks with me the most. It's one of those weird lines that I don't know if it was meant to be that catchy, but it stuck with me. It's like the smudge winter of, of bad boys. It's right there. It's, it's very, it's a sticky line. Mike Lowry. <laughs> and it's, it's still great. fucking funny. I was proper lolling. It's great. I was Man. like, why is he saying it like that? I'm like, because he's being cool. Big time. And oh. I had no idea who Martin Lawrence was then. And I I remember, I I, I always liked him in this movie, but I, I, I was never a Martin Lawrence guy, so that was definitely not a draw card. At that point, I didn't even know who he was. Like I said, we didn't get the Martin show in Australia. Yeah. At least not that I'm aware of. So, yeah, there was no equity going in like there was for all the aforementioned stars and starlets. But should I get into the origin story of this film? Please. Origin story. So we touched on that this is... Not technically Will Smith's first film, but the first big one. It was also the directorial debut of one Michael Bay. Yeah, crazy. I didn't think I. Did, I assumed I had no idea. A similar thing. I was like, oh, maybe this was after Con Air, or I don't know. Uh huh. Like if I had to guess, I would have thought Bad Boys was nineteen ninety eight. It's mid nineties. Yeah. It's proper mid nineties. It's borderline it's the early mid. 90s. Yeah, it's right on the cusp. It's sitting on the fence. Yeah. It's right up the crack. Yeah. Make it a bit earlier. It's early 90s. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Really makes you think. Yeah, it's, man, it's good point. It's a really good point. Um, okay, but let me rewind a little because it didn't quite start that way. Uh, apparently, this film was originally going to be called Bulletproof Hearts. It's going to be directed by someone else entirely and was gonna, going to star John Lovitz and Dana Carvey. Yeah. Fascinating. 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 <laughs> it is fascinating. <laughs> How does that work? Wow. How? Keep going. Well, let's, well, we'll come back to that. I want to rewind a little bit further because this is directorial debut of Michael Bay. 
Uh, how did he get in the hot seat? What happened to Bulletproof Hearts? Well, uh, Michael Bay got his start at the ripe old age of 15, working with Mr. George Lucas, filing storyboards. Someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it, man. They don't file themselves, as, as the old saying goes. Storyboards will not file themselves. And you don't start at the top either, Tristan. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect job. Perfect job. Perfect job. Yeah, well, it made him fall in love with the film industry. And, and, and after college, he began directing ads and music videos for a company called Propaganda Films. <laughs> so he directed... Such um, a blunt name. <laughs> right, with Joseph... Goebbels or whatever his name. <laughs> um, you know, he directed, well, I guess you could call this propaganda actually, ironically enough or coincidentally enough. He directed the Got Milk ad for well, Good Bee Silverstein. It's advertising. Partners. It's all propaganda, baby. Corporate propaganda. I guess you could argue it always, but I think the dairy industry has a lot to answer for personally. But, uh, but hey, he won a Grand Prix <laughs> Clio Award. A lot award of irritated for- bowels. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right? Everyone is lactose intolerant. To a, it's a spectrum. We shouldn't be drinking milk from other animals. No one does that. No other animals do. Sorry, I'm getting off track here. He won a commercial of the year award for that. Good on him. Uh, got milk. Pretty iconic. He did that. Speaking it's of iconic, iconic, he also did a bunch of uh, music videos. Little meatloaf number. Uh, you can probably guess which one. Uh, anything for love. Exactly. It's just, that's a film in itself. It's a whole thing, man. It, the song stops and starts again at some mm-hmm. point. I think it goes for like three hours. Um, I Touch Myself by the Divinals. Nutbush City Limits, big in Australia for some reason. Um, we love Tina. Yeah, we got a whole dance for it. We I'd never learned the Nutbush. No, I never knew what we was happening Tina. when people were doing that. I'm like, how do people, where do people learn this? I know. I went, what, did I miss that day of school? Like yeah. when it comes on at like some random wedding or something, how are people knowing this? How do you know they're this? They're born dance? thirty years earlier. Do yeah. their parents teach them at home? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> it's not even that hard, but just give me a few minutes to learn. And it. if you're watching like video hits or rage and watching the film clips to dance to learn how to dance, why are you choosing this one? You're right, you out of any Michael of them. Jackson. Exactly. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thriller is right there. Anyway, he made a bunch of videos. Those are just some of the ones I cherry picked because they're awesome. They're a bit like he, he was he was the man, I guess, right? These are these are pretty like all iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there there were but there were a lot I hadn't heard of, but that doesn't mean they're not good because there's many things I have not heard of that are good. That are good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these music videos got the attention of uh, Jerry Bruckheimer. And Don Ooh, Simpson. Oh, that's a good man to get the attention of if you like a life in film. Yeah, otherwise known as Bruckheimer and Simpson. Uh, and and they, they put him in the driver's seat. Why do you ask? We I thought we had a greenlit movie called Bulletproof Hearts with a double-billed stacked cast from SNL. Well, it turns Jeez. out. Dana Carvey <laughs> and John Lovett sounds like a lot to sit through. <laughs> man. John Lovitz would is put him in supporting characters any day of the week, but when he's the main guy, is he Mike Lowry? I don't know. I don't know how that would work. It's it's impossible to imagine. But basically, what happened was um, the movie's happening. They did a Vegas trip, like a a boys' trip, I suppose, and take all the connotations you want from that because apparently Dana Carvey got spooked by Don Simpson's behavior on that Vegas trip and was like, eh, "I'm out." Oh. Which is interesting. What was his behaviour? Maybe Dana Carvey just kind of bowed out of Hollywood because it's all gross. That wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean, Don Simpson was quite the weapon, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and like looking back now with the benefit of hindsight and Me Too and all that, you can only imagine the type of shit that was going down those days, man. Yeah. Anyway, Bay's in, but he thinks the script is a piece of shit and it was written for white people. And I don't know, somewhere along the line... Martin Lawrence gets cast and um, and he specifically asked for Will Smith, as it turns out. Yes. Isn't that nice? It so is. It wasn't, it wasn't Will Smith attached first. This is a whole well, Robert Downey Jr., what's his name situation. Terrence Howard? Yeah, Terrence Howard. I like Terrence Howard. He got uh, Downey Jr. the gig on Iron Man 1. Ah, oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, what about and, and um, Arsenio? More. Where does Arsenio fit into this timeline? Oh, wait, why, why? Is there something? Arsenio Hall was in the picture at some point. Like he turned it down or... Oh, really? Yeah, I think he might have turned it down. Mark Lowry. Well, apparently, apparently, <laughs> apparently Eddie Murphy and Wesley Snipes were mm. considered at one point. I don't know, all those things you've got to take with a grain of salt. But, but Martin Lawrence was in first and, and he got Will Smith in. And I don't know, A, I was surprised to hear that Michael Bay thought the script was a piece of shit. I was very surprised to hear that it was originally a completely different movie. Less surprised to hear based on that, that he leaned pretty heavily on Martin Lawrence and Will Smith to help with the dialogue. Mm. I think both in pre-production and and day of kind of improv stuff, mm-hmm. which, you know, probably isn't a huge surprise based on what we see on screen, a delightful charisma. But he had a pretty hard time making this film. You know, he didn't like the script. Mm-hmm. He didn't get much budget, as we talked about. There's a lot of action scenes in this. He took a pay cut so that he could execute more of them. He paid he for had the his last own, scene. Yeah. He had his own um, Porsche 911 in the movie. And the attitude of the time, we'll circle back on this because I think it's important legacy-wise. The attitude of the time was that, well, you can't have black leads in a movie doesn't, doesn't sell overseas. What are you doing? That's stupid. So basically loses their support at that point. And he wasn't proven. None of these people were proven. Non-white people weren't proven. So we're not tipping money into this thing. Yeah, exactly. So that's why you get $19 million. Bish Bash Bosh, you got yourself a movie, rap party, fuck, I don't know where, somewhere in Miami? Yeah. What's at Miami? Uh, Rap party of the birdcage. Oh, yeah, there you go. Let's play the trailer. It was brilliant. It was foolproof. It was the perfect crime. But for Miami detectives Marcus Burnett. And Mike Lowry. Buenos dias, mi amor. It was the ultimate nightmare. This was our career bust, which is what, $100 million? Just do what you do, only faster. Let's try to do this right. No gunshots, no dead bodies. Well, you know, if I recall correctly, the last couple dead bad guys belong to you. You ain't even trying to compare body counts. Why? Uh, should I keep going all day? I'm out. I'm out. No, this case. We got 72 hours before the FBI and the DEA walk in here and shut us down. You know, you drive almost slow enough to drive Miss Daisy. This murder. And this witness. You, you, you ain't with the bad guys now. You're with the cops. I'm going to put them. Look at you. Look at you. Can you stay focused? What are you talking about? I'm focused. Yeah, focused on all this scattered ass around here. To the ultimate test. Ah! Columbia Pictures presents. Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes. Too much bass in your voice. That's scare white folk. Martin Lawrence. We were wondering if we can borrow some brown sugar. Will Smith. You see, you, you're so wrong, Jim. Sir. The law will be served. Freeze! Justice will be done. You forgot your boarding pass. Oh, Boys will be boys. Bad boys. What you gonna do? Bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? It's a good trailer. Yeah, that was a good trailer. I like that. I like that a lot. Ah, what happened in this movie, Greg? Well, I seem to have deleted some of my synopsis, so see if you can guess <laughs> when I start improv. 
So we got two cops, Tristan. Oh, uh, yeah. Cops. Police cops. Yeah. Narcotics Division. Florida, Miami. One a family man, the other a millionaire playboy. It's from a rich family, but he's a darn good cop, and he won't take that from no, you or no one else. <laughs> How could these guys be partners or friends? They're so different. <laughs> When a hundred million dollars in heroin is taken from under their noses, they'll do whatever it takes to crack the case. Yeah, they will. Even if that means accidentally having to be the other person. What? Mike Lowry is Marcus, and Marcus is Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. So I seem to have deleted it from there, but, uh, you know, that's kind of a nice synopsis because it leaves you on a cliffhanger for so many twists (laughs) and turns in this film. I tell you what, I couldn't tell you really what happened in the back half of this movie. That's actually, why don't I just segue straight into that? Because I feel like this is my biggest takeaway for the movie is the first half, we'll, we'll, we'll zoom out in a second and go over initial impressions, but it's right there. Yeah, yeah. But like the the first half of this movie, I'm watching this thing and I'm like, fuck, this is great. And in the second half, I'm just like, okay, yeah. It's just kind of just, there's lots of action. It kind of becomes a bit of a queef of the second half. Yeah. And I get it now. I didn't read any of this stuff before I watched it, but like the low budget and that sort of thing. I didn't think the action was bad, but just kind of like, oh, yeah. Like we watch a lot of action movies. So the threshold is significant to Uh keep me interested. So maybe that's a nuance of podcasting about movies every week. But, yeah, I kind of like I watched the second half twice because I was like, man, I don't think I'm paying enough attention. Like I don't really follow what's happening. Yeah, it's just a a series of skits. Yeah. But the first half, man, so delightful. Just the premise, the setup, the the cast, the characters, the dynamic between all these people. Joe Pantoliano's in there. Everyone's there. Yeah. And it's great. He's shouting his pants off. (laughs) He sure is. Is the, uh, it's just a great cast, but sorry, zoom out, rewatch. How, how what was the vibe? How did you feel about it? Well, I love this movie. Yep, I did, um, but not necessarily for the right reasons. Like I, yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell. Upon reflection, it's like I don't think this movie is meant to be a parody, and yet it parodies itself quite a bit throughout it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking it's very kitschy. It's like maybe not full parody, but it feels very just like campy, kitschy. Yeah, I don't know, like a, a winking at the camera a little bit. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, like so is, apparently, you yeah. know, when the, the those script issues, apparently they brought in some pit, uh, script doctory type rewrite chats. Oh uh, yeah, and they were TV people. Ah, idiots! What do they so, know? <laughs> but. Do you, but it does feel a bit more sitcom-y at times, right? Like, That's interesting because I was thinking I love the first half so much. Like would this work better as just a TV show where you just get to hang out with these people once a week? Mm. Um, and maybe that's where their strengths lay is, is in that portion of the movie. Well, our two leads are from TV as well. True. And I grew up TV. <laughs> you turned out TV. <laughs> I turned out TV, yeah, close enough. I didn't, I didn't watch enough as it turns out. <laughs> so I, I, those factors surely play into it. Yeah. I think it was it was more sincerely cool when we were kids, right? Not that it's uncool. Yes. But it, that now it's a bit more, yeah, I don't know, like I said, there's a, there's a kitschiness to it, mm. which I guess most mainstream action films kind of have. But you got to. You, I expect a few tropes in there. I expect to see yeah. uh, the bad guys uh, using doubled over tapes on the security cameras. Yeah, and, and that's the thing too. Actually, looking at my notes right now, I even wrote that. I said oh, it almost feels like a cartoon, mm. but in a good way. Like I, I don't know if this is where you're going with it, but all those things, I, I kind of enjoyed that about it. The fact that it was yeah. kind of cheesy, and yeah, I was like, I'm into this. Yeah. So um, I guess I was saying I enjoyed this movie. I just wanted to acknowledge yeah. that I could see wh- I see why others maybe don't, but yeah, for me it um, it I I still enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Carol was poking holes, and I was like, "Hey, shush!" Well, Carol 
and Ara were poking holes in um, my young love for Tia Leone. So I posted that. Well, I was watching it with Ara and I had to like warn her. I was like, she was a big deal for me. She was like, yeah, Carol's like, uh, why didn't, so with the other girl that dies at the beginning. Yeah. Spoiler. um, She was (laughs) like, oh, why doesn't she stay on as the lead? She's way hotter. I was like, She's a babe too. They're all babes. It's Tia Leone. Yeah. She's like, nah, not don't get it. Tia Leone's awesome. The naked truth, man. She had such good comedic timing as well. Like she was really funny in this. Yeah, she's great. Aside from the fact that she's a smoke show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) She's funny. Um, She's funny. She's great. I I watched The Naked Truth every week. That was was a big big deal. Yeah, uh, but there were quite a few things that watching it now versus uh, back in the day, uh, little things and small things. Little things like I kind of forgot the music. When I heard the music, I was like, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that, that's something. That's like that's in there. Who did the music? Bit, who was the scoreman? Bit of an earworm. Yeah, who was the scoreman? Good question. Uh, music by Mark Mancina. Uh. Uh, veteran of Harm Zimmer's media ventures. He's one, he's one of Zimmer's crew. Ah, the Zim Pack. Yeah. Interesting. The Foie Pack. Foie Pack. Foie Pack. <laughs> he did Speed. He did Twister, Training Day, Criminal Minds. Wow. Um, I also kind of forgot that, I mean, I guess I knew it, but maybe it just didn't hit the same way as as a kid. But I never really acknowledged all that much the fact that Will Smith was so rich in this relative to Martin Lawrence. And it was kind of just lost on me as a kid. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, really? he's got a cool house. Yeah, I, just, I guess I didn't think of the world that way yet. <laughs> I was more like, but how does Martin Lawrence have three kids and a super hot wife and like – Well, okay. And a that big house. The, oh, that's the other thing. Okay, that's the other is thing. Is he a trust so, fund baby I mean, too? Because he lives in a big house with a big family – and he's like super young. Well, this goes back to the the Simpsons thing, right? How this one guy can, when the Simpsons first came out, it was realistic for a Homer Simpson type working a job. He's working, own a fucking mansion and supporting a family of five. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. And like to that point, while I didn't, I guess, fully clock the wealth difference, I did think, oh, yeah, Will Smith's the cool one. Hmm. Now as an adult, I'm like, man, Martin Lawrence's character, he's this this is the life. That's he's got it. This is great. Big he's got it all time. figured out. That was a big time. Seismic shift from Mike Lowry being the king seismic. to being a Peter Pan douche. Yeah, yeah, fully. Trying to hit on every chick he talks to. I gotta make sure this chick thinks I'm sexy, so I'm gonna stare at her and talk slightly deeper. I assume that's what yeah, people yeah, do. Yeah. That's what cool guys do, yeah, is it? Ladies. Yeah, they put their sunglasses on, <laughs> maybe a toothpick in their in their teeth. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe put a cigarette packet under their sleeve. Yeah, they, all of the above. Like, you know, proceed with caution. You don't want to be too cool in in one. That's moment. why I don't do that. Dangerous things. Obviously, it can create a black hole or something. Um, Mocha Joe was in there. What's you've that? Watching, you've been watching your Kerber enthusiasm. Mocha Joe is a character. You know when um, Larry opens a spite cafe? Uh, I've missed a few seasons. Yeah, I've watched a few ones. Uh, yeah. It's the latest one. He has a, he has some beef with this cafe, Mocha Joe's, and it's that guy, the the guy that works at reception at Mike Lowry's apartment building. Oh, see, I was wondering what he's up to. Yeah, he's been around a while, hasn't he? he just pops yeah. up in things. Chat. Becca, I think. Yeah, but uh, so the other thing I think also is um, like Michael Bay isn't someone I've thought about that much generally. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't, I never liked or disliked. He's just kind of there. But then, like upon reflection, love like movies like The Rock and 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 Con Air, etc. Yeah, um, but I kind of probably Harbour. just dismissed him a little. Yep. Yeah, well, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but nearly, in watching this, <laughs> yeah, in watching this and and reflecting now on on what I know about the origin story, which I didn't quite know in watching it, the fact that it is as good as it is is because of him, yeah, and Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and Joe Joey Pants, like 
it could have been so shit. Like think about what he was starting with. But yeah. there is it oozes style and charisma and yes, maybe to the point of like kitschiness, but it works for me. There's there's some iconic shit in this, man. It looks so good. Those three sixty shots, you know, they go around there. <laughs> <laughs> you know when they're looking Thanks for up, demonstrating yeah. with your finger what a three sixty is. Uh, yeah, and the, what about the old grab the pan the the um the vertical pan with a bit of a with a slight twist with a twist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah it's perfect when they're both kind of standing up. Ooh, yeah, these that's... are the these are these are the beautiful constraints that he was working with. He had no budget, so he's like, how do I pack a bit more into this on such a limited budget? And he's like, get me that fucking that that circular. Maybe Dolly he was thing. just on rollerblades so doing it himself. <laughs> Fuck, it was the nineties. I did I did this was a question I had for you. Uh Michael Bay, uh slick adman or creative hustler. <laughs> so continue. <laughs> continue. I well, I was thinking, it's kind of a shame. Like, I, I would think of he makes action movies. So I would think of Michael Bay as pretty like action. He makes action movies, yeah. Um, he makes – there was a space between the words, but I may have uh, kept it pretty yeah, tight. You've just uh, poignantly observed a subgenre. <laughs> sexy, sexy action movies. Sexy action movies. They're the best kind. Um, yeah, I mean, he's an action movie guy, so he's somewhat lap pack adjacent, but I feel like there's such a missed opportunity to not have a Michael Bay lap pack movie, like an Arnie movie or a Stallone movie or a JC movie. Yeah. Like if he can make this, if he can make this out of fucking bulletproof hearts, or whatever the, whatever the fuck it was, imagine what he could have done with some of those less successful JC joints. Like he could have turned them into something. Yeah, like imagine what he could do with his spirited camera work on a on a JC split. Yeah, exactly, and he would be real bronzed and and glistening. Pa- apparently, um, <laughs> and three sixty du- cameras. Dutch angles is one of the the Dutch tilt. Is uh is one of his styles that we've we've been talking about his camera work, but the the Dutch yeah. tilt is uh is a, is a popular. Have you heard of the Dutch tilt? Oh, uh, yeah, I have not. Yeah, well, you know, think about it. <laughs> okay, I have a think. I don't know why it's called that, but anyway, continue. It sounds naughty, isn't it? Yeah, I guess that was just a little love section for paying my respects to Michael Bay because you know what? Yes, he makes like very commercial things, but you know what? That can be good well, and there can be style there. Well, he's, I think one of his critics or one of his criticism from the critics uh, mm. and, you know, critics, will they'll have a go at anything, won't they? Critics going to critic, man. Not like they're doing it themselves. They're just being critics. Yeah. Well, who's critiquing the critics, Tristan? We are. Yeah, <laughs> right now. Uh, he does cop a bit for overuse of said techniques. Yeah, I get that. I, yeah, because I, I was pretty lost on the chronology of these things. This was his first movie, which I didn't really consider when I was rewatching it. You know, sometimes these directors will have like almost two, almost go too stylized in their early films because they want to show all their tricks and then they'll mellow mm-hmm. down. But he might have done the opposite. Yeah. More. Yeah. <laughs> More Dutch tilt. Can we talk about Martin Lawrence? I've got some more things on Dutch Tilt. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Let's go. <laughs> I have no more on Dutch Tilt. We're done. Section closed. <laughs> Section closed, all right. For now. We can't go back. You know, if you speak now, forever hold your peace. Um, We're good. Let's talk about... Martin Lawrence, man. Yeah. Fuck. I had him all wrong. I think we've had a similar experience. It was... A combination of things. A, he's obviously awesome in this. He's great. He's, he's great, great in this. He's hilarious. In the, I was I was laughing out loud, which the kids say lol. I was lolling. He was the brightest spark. In a movie full of bright sparks, he was the brightest spark to me. He was just mm-hmm. like a, just just pure joy anytime he was on screen. Yeah. He's great. He's and then joyous. I think he's he, a joyous. That's a, yes, that's an apt descriptor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think the added layer of what we we're just talking about, how I was much more uh I don't know, in into out of the two options here, bachelor guy or like family in a house guy. I'm like much more family in a house guy now. And I'm like, yeah, that's my guy, that's my guy. So there's 
I guess that's a broader context that's maybe making him pop even more. But then, you know, as we do when we uh, prepare for the podcast, looking up some clips and interviews at the time and stuff, and he just seems like a fucking legend of a dude. <laughs> like I just had no idea. Yeah. And again, not that I really hated him or anything, but I just was, I just completely dismissed him. Yeah. I just thought, oh yeah, big mama's house, whatever. Yeah. He made, he did Bad Boys and he was pretty good at that, but other than that, whatever. Yeah. But no, he's awesome in Bad Boys and he's fucking great. I mean, I've never seen the Martin show. People love it, so I assume it's good. He's funny. Yeah, he's funny. I was watching some interviews with him and um, actually there's a really good clip. He was on Arsenio and this was a couple years earlier. But it kind of just speaks to what we're talking about here. The the, the vibe. Mm-hmm. The vibe. So I'm listening to people on television call me, you know, and writing in papers and stuff, saying I'm a clown and, and, and who is Martin and he's buffoonish. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I'm just a guy on television that loves to make people laugh. Whether you black, white, Chinese, short, midget, I love to make everybody laugh. So I went home, I said, Mom, people lashing out. And, and, and usually I don't say nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want to, you know, go to these because I'm from the neighborhood. Yeah. And my mother said, baby, you, you, <laughs> you know, you know how it is. <laughs> from the neighborhood, you won't wait outside the door. Well, when they coming outside, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so my mother said, my mother said, no, nah, baby, think of the time you living in. Right now, you can't really drive down the street. Racism still exists. We got to admit it. People, we don't speak to each other. And we are lunching. We're pulling guns. We're taking each other. And this world ain't supposed to be like this. This is all wrong. We, we fight and we're fighting for the wrong things. Everybody measures success in having a car, having a big house. But success is measured in your happiness. Because if you ain't happy, it don't mean a damn thing. So, so, so to all the people that would call me a clown, buffoonish, sound silly, who is this kid? I walk with the faith because mama told me so. I'm Martin Fitzgerald Lawrence. You know, like, like, like me or love me. Everything is good though, dog. <laughs> yeah, he keeps, he keeps going. You get the idea. Well, you know, it's, it's a, it's an apt point that, Gurus that make lots of money these days are still trying to land to measure your yeah. success on your happiness. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a, he's a good man. He is. I I'm a fan. Do you know what I? I'm a I'm a belated fan. Yeah. Do you know what I enjoyed uh, enjoy about um, Martin Lawrence as well? And it's a trait that we don't see all the time in uh, the Hollywood stars and so I think it resonates with us when we do. Uh, but that is honesty. He's yeah. – I read an interview post – well, in the lead-up to Bad Boys for Life release. And, you know, he's, oh, yeah. he's, 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 he's had an interesting career um, and he's very open about how he got swept up in his own success and the flash. Oh, yeah. And uh, glitz and glamour of Hollywood, fast money, fast girls, partying, um, narcotics, right. uh, and you know the path that you know he got derailed. Yeah, and then he obviously had his health scare where he nearly died. Do you remember that one? Yeah, I was trying to. I didn't have time to look it up, but I remember hearing about it at the time, but didn't quite. Yeah, he nearly. He so it was for because he obviously put on a fair bit of weight since this film. Yeah, and he was. Wanted to get back in shape for Big Mama's house, ironically, and he <laughs> um, he went for a run one day with like a bunch of layers on, effectively. Yeah. And uh, when was it? Nineteen ninety nine. There you go. Um, yeah, it was a hot day. It was like thirty eight degrees, and he was wearing like a plastic suit. Fuck. You know those things you'd wear to, to sweat. Boxers wear them. Yeah. And he went into a coma for three days, really close to dying. He had a, he had a body temperature of like forty two. Degrees, or Shit. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit, but yeah. So he nearly died. He's had he's had an interesting career, and then he sort of came back for Bad Boys for Life. So he's sort of, yeah, he's like still around and had a successful, super successful career, really, in the scheme of things. Yeah, but he's like an honest, open dude with good values, and he was, you know, when you say, "Oh, we settle it outside," and he does that silly, you know, scene in the boxing gym uh, in this yeah. movie where he looks like a bit of a clown. 
He could. He was a great boxer. He was a boxer. Apparently. When he was a teenager, yeah. he was. I don't think he was a Golden Gloves champion, but he, apparently he was in the mix. Like he was, as the story goes, he was. Uh, he was legitimately good as a teen. Respect. Add that to the list of reasons you should like Martin Lawrence. Yeah, there's basically no reason to not like him. Like, yeah. man, he made some bad movies. Yeah, it's a fucking job. I've I've made some bad strategies at work. <laughs> he's like, like he's like a Kevin Hart prototype. But a little bit sweeter. Kinda. Yeah, I think I guess there's just more there than I realized. Yeah. In in every way. Like he's in rewatching in, in, in rewatching this movie with a more developed brain, <laughs> I, I'm I'm responding more Before to what he's doing. Was. And then yeah, learning more about him as a human, I'm like, fuck, he's he's one of my guys, man. Like I would love to mm. chat to him. <laughs> he just seems like a good good guy. Good guy. The other thing I thought was really cool, actually, while we're, while we're on the touchy-feely stuff, the other thing I thought was really cool was Taylor Leone's in this um, in 1995 to Tristan Burrell, the, the the hottest woman on the planet, and there's no kissy-kissy. Oh. Although, although she does. <laughs> Ara's looking at Ara's giving me side-eye. Sorry. I said to young Tristan. Yeah. <laughs> Put your earphones on. You didn't exist then as far as I knew. Yeah. Get back get back to your Kardashians. <laughs> um, she's watching her. mukbang videos. Huh? She's watching mukbang videos. What's mukbang? That's where you watch people eat. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. I think she's hungry. We're waiting for food to be delivered. So she's watching people <laughs> eat while she waits. <laughs> she does that. Sometimes I'll see her looking at her phone and she looks, she's like miming eating. And I'm like, what are you watching? And she's someone eating ramen or something. So anyway. It's not like um, a food, it's not like a cooking show. No, no, you just watch someone eat. It's a whole phenomenon, Greg. Sometimes there's ASMR in the mix as well. So you're hearing the, all the noises. Um, anyway, 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 I digress. I digress. There's something beautiful about the fact that no one gets the girl. It's not even really the point. And at the end of the movie, they just tell each other that they love each other. Isn't that nice? Mm. It's a nice, which I think was kind of ahead of its time. And apparently Mm. Will Smith was not into it. He didn't want to say it. He didn't want to say it, right? So I'll I'll read this out. It's from IMDb Trivia, but it's from the movie commentary. So I'm going to vouch for it. I saw it in other places as well. Okay, well, that sounds about right. Michael Bay mentions in the commentary a fight he had with Will Smith near the end of production. It was one of the last shots of the movie where Bay wanted Smith to say, hey, man, I love you too, to Martin Lawrence. He felt it would show Smith's character's softer side. But the actor decided on the day uh, that he didn't want to shoot that. He didn't want to say that line. Yeah, you get the idea. Anyway, he obviously ended up saying it, which was like an in-the-moment kind of thing. But it feels it's a weird thing to it's a weird to be against that. Yeah, like, but I guess he's young and stupid. Like, yeah, I don't see that. Yeah, Mark Larry. Yeah, I think it was probably more the age and the time. Yeah, which again just kind of shows how far ahead of its time it was. I think that was a beautiful thing. Yeah, beautiful thing. You know, so much hate in this world. Just yeah, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful. Um, and actually, uh, speaking of uh, Slick Willie. Like I said, I kind of I kind of forgot that this was uh, this movie came out while Fresh Prince was still on the air. Still, he was still on the Bell Air. He was still on the Bell Air. And again, all the things that we, I guess n- neither of us realized about this film: small budget, not top ten, not highly anticipated. There wasn't much of a press tour. Like I, I always like to find, mm. you know, the interviews and things. I did find one, and it's Will Smith on Conan. And man, he was so different then. I'll play not that different. I'm not going to oversell it. There's subtleties there, though. I'll play the clip. Just the dynamic between him and Conan. It very much has a Chris Pratt has just been cast in a Marvel movie kind of energy. Okay, you know, remember that? Remember that moment? Yeah, uh, I'll play the clip. Oh, that was a good clip. I like yeah, that. Yeah, you're, you're an action hero now. Why? You're like Sw- yes. you know, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. <laughs> Willie Schwarzenegger. 
That's your yeah. new name. Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, I was in great shape for that movie, too. You got to check it out. April 7th, y'all. It comes out April 7th. Bad Boys. Yeah, you what? You got into shape for this? Oh, yeah. You know, I worked out. You know, and I buffed up and everything, you know. <laughs> it's a scene where, you know, my shirt is open and I'm running, you know, in slow motion. <laughs> Yeah, they, they couldn't afford to slow it down with the camera. So right, you, you know, so that. <laughs> Why do you cross your eyes in slow motion? Because that's just so, that's like a slow mo feature. You that's, know, that's what, what happens. happens. You know, your eyes just get I didn't crawled. know. <laughs> slow motion. It sounds like a good movie, though. You know, it sounds... It's a great movie. Uh-huh. It's a great movie. You know, when you see Will and Martin, you're going to get the comedy. You expect the comedy. You expect the comedy. But there's more. <laughs> Let really? Me tell you. Uh-huh. There's action. <laughs> There's action. There's adventure and drama. You know, so it's uh-huh. an all-around, you know, it's and a there's big, a there's a dance sequence. There's a dance sequence, yes. You know, I do a split. <laughs> We're all no, looking forward but to no, that. It's, you know what? It's like it's really, it's really different, you know, mm-hmm. because, you know, it's like a serious action movie, you know. That's what that was a shock for people. You know, everybody, oh, Willie Martin, they're gonna be on there acting stupid, you know. <laughs> They're going to be good. Well, they're Martin, they just dumb anyway, you know. They're going to be acting stupid in the movie. You know, but when you actually see the picture uh-huh. put together, you know, there's action, there's explosions and all of that, you know. And, you know, I'm, I'm buffed, you know, in the movie. That's all right. I got that message. Yeah, yeah. you know, because, you know, you did, oh, I said that yeah, before. Yeah, yeah, you said that, Because you know, yeah. I say that a lot, you yeah. know, because, yeah. you know, I'm really sick because I'm flabby and nasty now. It's, um, I mean, he's the same guy, obviously, but it's just, it's so much less polished. It's this... You know, now he's, I don't know, there's some, it's kind of like The Rock. They, they, they get too PR trained or something. Yeah. And you know, I feel like you're not actually. They turn into robots. Yeah, they turn into robots, basically. And then they malfunction and slap them, slap people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, Mike Lowry, we talked about how, you know, he probably was cooler when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah, he's quite the. A dickhead, really, yeah. except for that soft bit at the end. You know, he just cruises around kind of, I don't know, he's just a dickhead. Um, is that, do you think that's Will Smith's alter ego? Fuck, well. Did Mike Lowry slap Chris Rock? It's very astute on your part. Interesting. This is, this is, this is very interesting. I was watching a clip of uh, these two shining stars on the Ellen show for the newer film. And uh, I don't know, there was lots of... The comments on the YouTube video were interesting because they were basically like, Will I can't remember the specifics, I'm going to butcher it, but basically the top comment was someone had said, Will Smith's fake evil laugh from Fresh Prince is now his normal laugh, which I took to mean it's just so fake. <laughs> um, or... I think some of the replies to that comment were like, oh, that is his, he just really is oh. evil. <laughs> like it's just that was his true self. So I don't know. It's interesting you said that, that maybe the douchiness comes through. Who knows who the real Will Smith is at this point? Like I think we've all learned in the last 12 months that he's not quite who we thought he was. And I don't mean to say that he's just a dickhead or something. I just mean that he's obviously been very carefully curating an image That was unsustainable and came to a head. I think Hollywood will do that to you, man. I imagine if I spent my entire life, because it started in Fresh Prince pretty young, you know, surrounded by sycophants. Yeah. And yes, men and women. And in an industry where people don't want to support your movies because you're black because it won't sell overseas. Like you have to behave in a certain way. Mm. He must be so used to putting on this facade. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to judge that. But I yeah, I don't know. There's him. something interesting there. I wouldn't judge him. I mean, I did. I did. But you know, <laughs> um, should we get into the verdict? Yeah. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. The law. I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Huh? Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. All right. Does anything in this movie just fundamentally break in current day? I don't think so. Mobile phones would have helped. True. Yeah, that's always the case, really. Well. 
but no, but that is it's, a good, it's worth calling out. It's, it's a big one out. because the whole, you know, just it's call your wife or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's cool. It's part of the show. But yeah, 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 yeah. Um, FX test. It is a movie. It is a movie. FX test. I mean, for all the constraints they had. Yeah. Not that I was conscious of that in watching it. I thought it was all good. Like she jumps off the roof into bad. a pool. Yeah. And they tactically gave her clothing that. Because both of the girls had not shorts. sexy undies on, which took which. Yeah, she was wearing uh, shorts, right? Be, I, I noticed. Okay, I noticed. <laughs> Say what you will, call me a creep. I noticed, and Carol said, "Well, no, that's a, that's the fashion." I'm like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> so the verdict is it does not hold up due to what the we, shorts. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get into representation, another bright spark. Okay, Bechdel test-wise, maybe not so much, but there are at least a few female characters with names, so they, it's getting there, but they mo- mm. they only talk about men. So Goddamn internal affairs. Uh, yeah, well, that was written for a man and she got that role, so that's something. Again, not that I'm mansplaining the Bechdel test and letting it pass without meeting the criteria, but it's better than most in a lot of ways, especially for mid-90s. Race Bechdel, on the other hand, man, passes with flying colours. It's delightful to see. Groundbreaking in many ways. Like like I was saying, man, legacy-wise, this is one of the first movies to prove that you don't have to have white faces on movie posters to sell overseas, and it, it opened up a lot of doors. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's a big win. That's a big win. Um, did Simpsons do it? I don't think so. Did you find anything? I forgot to look it up. I forgot to look. Yeah. I feel like I, I can see Bart. No, I don't know. They did Cops and um, no porn parody. So, yeah, overall I would say, like, is it is it is it a great movie? No. Did I enjoy the rewatch? Yeah. Uh, I think this movie has value. I think Martin Lawrence is uh-huh. awesome. I think I think I think Michael Bay is an, is is a solid part of the mix. Is he my favorite director? No, but I'm glad he exists. The fact that he's out there making those movies, I respect that. Yeah, um, like Sting. <laughs> yeah, like Sting. Wow. How about you? How was the rewatch overall? Verdict? Yeah, I think that was pretty apt. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. It, it holds a strong nostalgic uh, place in my heart. And yeah. the rewatch wasn't a letdown. Like it was It was like a bit – there was moments like, oh, that's not what I thought it was or, oh, wow, yeah. that these lines, why is he reading him his rights as he speeds towards him in the car? That's it doesn't so make lame. any sense. <laughs> yeah, that, there were a few like that. Got that your just... board and pass. Like there's so many yeah. bad lines in it. But I just enjoyed the movie and – it's an important movie in the career of Will Smith. Yeah. Love him or hate him. Um, but that's a career that I've, you know, followed and absolutely enjoyed. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a worse movie than I remember, but I, it didn't enjoy yeah. it any less. Yeah. Yeah. That's very similar. That's, that's exactly how I feel. The Porsche held up. The Porsche is beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah. It only gets better. Yeah. Uh, recasties. Do you have any recasties? I didn't because, like, this could be any recastie that's probably been made since then, any cop, buddy cop movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. It's not yeah, worth so putting because that, that duo is bad boys. That's true. Well, I did it anyway. But, <laughs> nice. Who did you come up but, with? But, no, but based on that very thought. So it's, it's The Rock and Kevin Hart. Or The Rock yeah. and Ryan Reynolds, or The Rock and Samuel Jackson, as part of yeah. the other guys' universe, a prequel yeah. to the other guys. And you know, as I wrote that, I was like, "Fuck, you know what? That's so stupid." But I, I could see that happening. Yeah, the career stage that that The Rock is in now, it's like we're going to make a prequel to the other guys. Um, you know, like that's a terrible idea. But I could see him trying to sell that. Terramana. It's the biggest. Um, it's the biggest launch of a prequel. <laughs> action film <laughs> that I've done ever in the history of movies. Thank you. On a Tuesday. On a Tuesday. <laughs> in November. The yeah. November release for Netflix. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you have an MVP? Uh, Martin Lawrence. 
Me too. Fuck yeah, man. What a legend. And an honourable mention to Taya Leone for her comedic timing and the pins and eyes and she's just a a dream boat. She was was good and uh, Pantaleon and Will Smith's good. I mean, everyone's good. I always like pants. And Will Smith, yeah, of course. I gave I, I, I gave a low key MVP to um, the mustachioed goon who kind of looks like an Australian cricket player from the seventies. Oh yeah, it was great. <laughs> I like both of them. I'll do anything you want, you blue eyed bitch. I'd invite him over for a nineties taco night. Like he he's that guy. He orders a Hawaiian pizza for sure. You know. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other guy was actually um, Michael Bay or Jerry Brockheimer's bodyguard. Yeah, Bruckheimer's. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's been in he's a few been in movies now stuff, too. But that's that's where yeah. he started as as the bodyguard. That's cool. Jumped into a couple love of movies. Those, yeah, I love those. Love stories. those stories. Yeah, that's our favorite kind of story because it could happen to us theoretically. Yeah, if we were bodyguards, that could happen. It's still on the cards. We could. We need to get some of those Marvel. Of we need those Marvel supplements. Yeah, the the roids. <laughs> yeah. Do it naturally, the Marvel way. Yeah. Yeah. All right, what are we doing next week? We are doing Under Siege, which I have not Under seen Siege. in like maybe 30 years or something. I fucking haven't seen that in so long. Guess Fuck my watch it tonight. It's got Gary Busey in it and Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, my God. It's a stacked cast. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I might watch that tonight. Um, it's a good Friday night movie. Yeah. Saturday night here. I bought a yeah, lamb true. roast. I don't know why. I don't know. You can do it. You, you're the boss, man. You're the boss. You deserve it. All right. I'm going to go for a swim now. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck, how good is that? Hey, you're in a singlet. Is it still hot there? No, the heating's on. It's cold outside. Ah. It got dark at like 4.45 this afternoon. Ooh. It's pretty depressing. Uh, Christmas tree's up though. In your house? Yeah. Ara was, couldn't wait. Because we're, we're leaving mid-December to go back to Sydney for Christmas. Oh, yeah. So, so she wanted a full proper month of... Festive joy. Yeah, that's true. Do you want to do yeah. a pod here when we're here? Is that? Yeah, we should. I don't have. Uh, let's talk. We can talk about it another time. We'll figure it out. The friends of the show don't need to hear this. <laughs> they don't need to hear how the sausage is made. <laughs> I love sausages, just for the record. Me too. I'm curious how they're made. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, um, <laughs> we'll see you next week and leave yeah, a review. But, yeah, and take care of yourselves yeah. uh, and each other. Yeah, do that. Absolutely. Like, like, Marcus and like Lowry. Yeah. Lowry. What I'm saying is the powers that be know that you can make it all right for people in America. You can, you don't, we don't have to have all these homeless shelters. Why? Because you can stop building bombs and build apartment complexes and places for people to live, you know? Um, you know, I, I believe me, I like the money that we get to make from entertainers, but then how can you argue about teachers not getting paid their money, man? They're teaching, you know... Um, my biggest teachers are the closest people to your kids so they can teach them and educate. Kids only know what you nurture into them as a child. When you grow up and you find out and you go, damn, I'm messed up in some ways, I don't understand. You got to research and say, why am I like that? Because you only know what you grew up with, what's in you.